Welcome to the SFDC Consultant Podcast, the podcast where we have open discussions with Salesforce consultants, administrators, and architects. Today, we're speaking with Lewis Clark, a Salesforce implementation consultant at Fontiva, which is one of the biggest Salesforce ISV providers and offers Salesforce-based applications for trade associations, membership societies, and more. In this discussion, we cover the difference between working in a Salesforce consultancy and a Salesforce ISV. We also talk about the importance of industry versus Salesforce knowledge and the challenges of implementing ISV applications. Additionally, if you find this episode interesting, I would really appreciate if you could share this episode with your peers, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast player, and leave us a review. Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Lewis Clark, and a bit of background on myself. So, a bit of a cliche, I didn't choose to jump into Salesforce. It was a uh, an industry that I didn't really know too much about. So, I left university in 2013, and I started with a company called Netbox, who at the time had an offering of uh, cloud PBX. So, you know, put your telephony into the cloud. Uh, they had some mobile products that they offered as well for around the, the banking and compliancy to mobile uh, record mobile phone calls. But um, they had an integration within Salesforce, CTI. So, you know, click to dial, capturing call notes, things like that, creating tasks. And at that time, I joined as a first-line support engineer. Have you turned your phone off and on again? And throughout the years, it's the, the whole industry around Salesforce was just growing and growing. And it got to a point where uh, now... Natabox, they provide their entire telephony platform within Salesforce, the entirety of it, even down to the the soft phone that actually appears is rendered, you know, through the through the browser. So from there, I started in support, moved on to the world of pre-sales, and I think that point was that was such an interesting change in terms of my career because going from a you know very much a um, speaking, engaging with clients over the phone and troubleshooting through support, moving into the world of the the sale was a completely different avenue for me and one that I think has really, really helped develop a lot of my soft skills around engaging with clients, understanding their needs, understanding their drivers and being able to facilitate and you know provide good solution designs around the products. Then in 2017, I had a brief stint at Blue Wolf. So I dipped my toes into the world of consulting for the first time. Um, in the five months I was there, I learned a hell of a lot. But um, I had an opportunity with a, a young startup at the time called Digital Genius, who were a very young, sexy company dealing with AI. Um, it was embedded into service clouds, and it was actually capturing customer uh, contact points, so emails, SMS, et cetera, and being able to automate business processes around that within CRM, which was a, a really fantastic time for me and opportunity. And then where I am today at Fontiva, which is probably the largest ISV product that I've worked with. There are a multitude of managed packages and it's 
it's essentially a, a platform within Salesforce. It is. It has its own framework, has its own architecture around it, and I think my time here at Fontiva has been the best in terms of my growth of just general Salesforce knowledge, because Fontiva's platform touches upon so many facets of Salesforce, whether it's you know, within standard core accounts, contacts communities, a lot of their proprietary stuff around the membership and uh, the event side of things. And uh, I'm working there to, here today as a consultant delivering for our customers. Perfect, perfect. So <clears throat> you mentioned a few things there, um, you know, a bit something on, on your journey. Um, there's one particular thing that I would want to kind of uh, just out of the gate, just touch upon, um, mm -hmm. which is um, your time at uh, Blue Wolf, you mentioned, you know, a, a very brief, I've heard mixed um, opinions about uh, consultancies in, in general, especially big consultancies in general, not specifically to Blue Wolf. To be honest, they are probably one of um, the entities which I've heard positives. I haven't heard anyone kind of complain about that. But what I mean in terms of positives is it, it is the um, learning curve and the material and 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 in a way you're kind of pushed uh from from behind to kind of learn so much and what i wanted to kind of understand from there because you said you know in terms of salesforce knowledge you probably have learned more at your current uh, at your current company uh but how does how does that differ what's kind of the difference in terms of um initiatives or objectives between a consultancy even though you spent a few few months there versus um, something that you're kind of doing at an ISV? Mm. So I think for me on a personal level, the, the main difference, I mean, it was my first time joining a larger company. It was just around the time where Blue Wolf were acquired by IBM. So there was a lot of change going on internally anyway. They were, you know, within a, a state of hyper growth um, themselves. And the scale of the projects differed a lot too. You know, I'm sure from your experience as well, you know, within an ISV, the delivery teams are typically fairly lean. You know, the, the professional services isn't the main avenue for an ISV. That's not an area that an ISV wants to necessarily grow out as much um, for scale. This is where they would tend to look towards, you know, working with their size like Blue Wolf to help deliver their products. So for me, it, it was a, a really big jump going from, delivering with myself, maybe one other person, to being one of a few dozen individuals from a company dealing with one project and one project alone. And I think in terms of resources in the company, you know, there was entire departments built around uh, facilitating the growth of personal knowledge around Salesforce and again, around the soft skills. Um, so I know you had Gemma on, uh, a while back and we we had our induction at the same time we were both uh, you know in in that same induction and you know they were delivering great workshops around how to handle a workshop things to do even to the you know the minutiae of how to write on a whiteboard you know it's these sorts of things that you never think about so th there was a you know the, a lot of resource around the growth of individuals but for me personally, that because my background has been used to more leaner startups, I've had to kind of find my own way 
I've had a, a lot of great support and a lot of great mentors in the, the companies I've worked for. But, uh, you know, a lot of the times it's a sink or swim type of scenario where you have to fight and learn for yourself and earn the scars in the process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th th that makes sense. <clears throat> I was going to say kind of through, through my experience um, in that is um, the, the world of consulting is a different kind of animal, <laughs> if it makes sense. And, and one of my very earliest, uh, workshops that I did. I went to this um, kickoff pre-sales type uh, session where I was supporting Salesforce. And luckily, I say luckily, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the story and then you'll know why I say luckily. But luckily, they had a solution engineer on, on that session. And I went there and in my mind, I had the experience of, of the ISV the same way that we kind of ran. And, you know, my, my um, understanding was that they already had an idea of what they want. So in my mind, somehow, well, you know, that sounds like a managed package to me that, you know, and all of that kind of, I, I, had, I had a different view of the world, if it makes sense. So I get there and um, I kind of run through some of the first steps of, of doing a kickoff or like a pre-sales type workshop, trying to understand some of the requirements, trying to understand, um, I guess, um, the room, you know, kind of see, see where that, that leads us. But people were not really engaged. Um, so, you know, no one was like, you know, rooting behind us and all of that. And, and at that point, I think the solution engineer that was there, she, she had experience of running these type of workshops. Uh, she kind of jumped in um, and kind of did a, a 180 degree <laughs> uh, on on the session and kind of me seeing that basically that was probably the point that I realized that there are ways of running these type of sessions or, or you know, running the consultancy, which, which a lot of people are not aware of. Um, so at that point, I kind of sat back in my chair and just let her kind of drive the session from there. And at the end of the, at the end of the session, basically people were like, oh yeah, now I'm going out. This is, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to provide. I think if I were to have finished that session, that would not have been the outcome. Um, so I, I, I completely understand, you know, the, the, the difference there. Uh, what I wanted to, to follow up with is. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of an ISV, um, and and you did mention that, that at this point, you know, um, you you probably deal with uh, deal with consultancies, uh, you know, for them to actually implement uh, implement that. But what I wanted to say uh, is is there like a, a description, or is there like a, a set of niche or, or market segments that you you currently deal with, um, and you know, is, is there any type of insight that you can provide uh, around that? So in terms of the types yeah, in, of the clients that I'm working with currently? Correct, correct. Yeah, so, so probably like the markets, uh, in terms of the markets that you deal with. Mm -hmm. So currently, uh, Fontiva, we focus a lot on uh, facilitating trade associations, you know, membership organizations, uh, not-for-profits. So that there's it's mainly around the the membership is the core offering but then there's also an offering around events where uh, we're, we're seeing traction with not necessarily just these traditional trade or membership associations but different industries as well so we are touching around various industries um 
I think I'll say an insight into this sort of vertical, especially around the not-for-profit and such. Budgets aren't as high as when I was working at Digital Genius and the, our customers were you know, within financial services where their budget on proof-of-concept projects was more than some of these not-for-profits have for their entire yearly budget. So working on a leaner budget is definitely one thing that uh, these companies tend to to have one of their problems. And in, in such, internal processes tends to be a lot looser. Um, in some instances, you know, if we're setting up a CRM for a, a customer with Fonteva within, this could be one of the first times that they have a CRM within the cloud. Uh, a lot of these companies are still tracking things on spreadsheets and you know, scraps of paper being handed around staff. So it's, there's, there's a lot around change management. And I think it, it can be quite a daunting task for uh, a lot of these companies to transition, um, you know, going from these old methodologies into a, a new piece of technology like Salesforce. And as you know, it is such an overwhelming technology because there's just so much that can be done with it. So you, you see in, in some instances, some stakeholders will get super excited by it and want to just you know, go all in and start integrating with every possible other piece of technology that they're using. There are others that are absolutely terrified of, you know, even the, the thought of using it. So there, there's a lot of management around individuals and, uh, you know, setting the, the expectations. And I, I found through my experience that starting off quite light, quite entry level, get the bare bones out as out the box as possible. Um, Cause you know, as an ISV it's, we are a product organization as, as much as we sit within the Salesforce product and we can you know, use core Salesforce functionality. We can use flows, process builders, you know, all of that good stuff that we as consultants do. We are also working within a managed package. So there, there's a, a lot to, uh, Sorry, I'm going off on a complete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to say because because that that's actually quite important and and I'll um we'll see where this where this actually takes us. But I would want to mention in terms of the banish package that that is something that I want to touch upon and and what I want to come up um to is manage package uh, versus um, client customization. Um, and to give you a bit of background on this is. For example, one of the products that, that that we were implementing was, you know, something around contract management. Um, so that is to track, you know, even simple things such as target end date, the supplier, service provider, um, you know, a few KPIs, notice date, review date, things like that. Now, you would speak to ten contract managers, and they had eleven opinions about what's the perfect contract management form or you know set the field um, so imagine doing that on multiple clients and imagine having data managed package a set of fields so what we had to do um, you know you, you, we either had to have like a big bank of fields um, in the package that we would you know replace and move on the page layout etc or we had to put like the the baseline 
and then build those fields directly on the instance that that, that particular client was using. Um, I'm not exactly sure if there's a right or wrong way around that because you know that kind of comes with with, with depends on 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 the client and depends on a lot of things. But what I was going to say, what is your kind of uh, view on that? How would you how would you see that? And, and the way I'm kind of thinking about it is, what's kind of the extra mile that uh, that you think um, ISVs need to go, um, and how flexible would they need to be with their offerings? Um, in order to, in order to, you know, kind of satisfy the client in a way, because you know the client may come and you know you're just about there in terms of your package, but you still need to do just a tiny bit of customization. Would you do a bit of change management and try to kind of turn the client towards the application, or would you turn the application towards the client? If it makes sense, mm, it's a million dollar question. <laughs> and is, I, I think whatever I say that there is no right or wrong way to approach it i mean it, to start off with it, it it depends on what area of the product or setup that is in consideration so um if i just think more broadly around all of the isv products i've worked on some are just a single package that interfaces with you know a few objects and it, it does some very lightweight processing there's a little bit of apex in there but it is not it's not too heavy-handed within crm and then all the way up to a system like fontivas which is a lot more enriched and a lot of stuff is going on in there so i think in terms of how complex the product is sort of steers you along how much you can customize and it's i, I think getting into the the realm of customizations um customers it's it can be a tricky path because as a product you want to use the product as it was intended the moment you customize that product you have potentially stagnated that customer um, in terms of future developments on the core product because you know with with our release cycles that we would have um, to to upgrade the products there are some you know dependencies and if you've got customizations in place, you could be keeping that customer on a version one. And when a new version releases, they might need to strip out the customization, rework it. So it's there's always that possibility of technical debt. So I think as much as possible, try, I like to try to keep as core products as possible. However, invariably, there are always instances where you just need to do something to go a step further that the client needs. Um, but then uh, I think as well, it's actually taking the approach of if you set the architecture of the product to be able to be flexible, scalable, um, you know, if you have some form of versioning in place that allows you to, for a customer to retain a customization on an earlier version but still upgrade the rest of the product that there are ways that we're seeing with isvs that are able to handle it but uh it's it's always going to be a question that's hot for debate and i think a lot of the times that's where an isv would engage alongside an si so the isv can focus on what they're best at the product and then anything that extends beyond that 
uh, an SI can help pick up the, the manpower that's required to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 is a that is a good point because again, it, it kind of um, it kind of feels on um, kind of you know the, the, in a way, kind of the size of the project kind of feeds the uh, feeds the level of complexity that that it has. Um, on that on that point, I was going to say the way you know the industry they are currently serving. Um, I would want to understand how. What do you feel? Uh, as an especially as an ISV, um, what do you feel is is not really more important, but how how does the knowledge of the industry play with the knowledge of Salesforce? Um, because the way I'm thinking about it is is um, I don't know, it kind of sounds simple in my mind, but uh, as a consultant, you know, Salesforce is your quote unquote package. You need to know Salesforce, and you know, um, but when it comes to an ISV. I guess you have that what we talked about a limit quote unquote kind of limitation the, the fact that the limitation is the package you know that may be a big package or a small package but you know you're trying not to customize or the objective I think is not to customize I think it was um, Paul Graham or or someone you know one of these Silicon Valley um, you know in, investors etc was talking about um, you should not customize uh, you know the idea that you know if if you go away from customization, you could just like put it in, people can self-serve. But if you customize products, then you're kind of, your sales cycle is not really that that fast. You know, you can't have just people going on the website and, and you know, adding it to, uh, to their basket and, and, and buying it. Um, so basically my, my question to come to that, my, my question uh, from there is, how important is, is for someone, for a consultant working um, at an ISV, is to actually know the industry that they're trying to sell into versus the knowledge of Salesforce in general? Mm. Really good question. Really good question. I think in terms of working with the client, knowledge of the industry and the, the, the types of individuals that work in a certain area is is very important you know having the soft skills around that and the understanding of the drivers of these organizations the the types of processes that you see that are pretty pervasive between these different companies it's having that core understanding of an industry is certainly very important i my gut is telling me that i would say it's probably slightly more important than the core salesforce understanding um it's there's always that double-edged sword of you know you, you need to know salesforce but you also need to know this other product which while it sits within salesforce has its own um set of rules and you know some some of these products the the actual management of it may sit outside of salesforce completely you know it might just be a connected app within crm but there's a whole other interface with its own configuration and stuff to be familiar with um, but then again when you are working within Salesforce you have to be aware of what's going on in there because the moment you install a managed package into say if it's not a greenfield project and you know it's an existing org that has its own technical debt has its own customizations you know you're you're potentially throwing a can of worms into a pit of snakes 
that's just a new expression that I've made up there. Hope you try to uh, you can see what I'm trying to say there. So it's uh, yeah, it, to be middle of the road, they're both equally as important. Possibly edging a little bit more on that industry knowledge. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. There are two things that you mentioned there, which which I would really want to follow up on. Um, uh, one um, kind of taking based on based based on your last point is um, implementing solutions on existing uh, used orgs, um, which I think I've I've I think I've done that twice up to this point, um, which. As usual, second time was better than the first time. But the first time, I was—I will be honest and say—I watched about a bunch of YouTube videos, uh, you know, seeing things, you know, Dreamforce and Salesforce will always have something—a a half an hour video of a partner that explains how they did it on a different project. So, funny enough, in terms of what we're trying to do here, is kind of you know doing the same thing. But um, um, how how does that differ, basically? Um, between between that versus you know creating uh, you know basically spinning up an org from your from your packaging org or, or from your you know um, uh, pack, well I guess you have packaging or or, or your uh, or your dev work whichever one whichever one you use there or I think um, the the other one what is it because you have packaging and then you have um, something around um, uh, test test work or something like that whatever it's called. Um, Whenever, whenever you spend those uh, those packages up, mm, so we, yeah, so uh, a scratch org, I scratch think. org, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it was on the tip of my tongue as well. <laughs> I was trying to make sure I was getting the right one. Um, yeah, I mean, we, so current company Fontiva, we we have a OEM relationship with Salesforce. So you know, when when we uh, engage with a client, we are providing the license behind that. Um, so th- a lot of the projects that I'm working on right now are greenfield, um, around the events size, there are some, a lot of these customers are existing Salesforce users. Um, and then more so within my previous companies, such as digital genius and Natabox, uh, it, nine times out of 10, you are implemented into an existing org. Um, it's... You're going to war, I'd say, is the <laughs> probably the best expression for it because there's you are just jumping into a, a completely new world. You know, it's the, the benefits of it is that a lot of the knowledge around Salesforce the client already has. So you might be engaging, uh, you know, especially with some of these larger financial services companies I've implemented for, they have entire teams around just the administration of Salesforce. So a lot of these processes, the cadence, you know, the change freezes, all of that is already there. So you're you're kind of bolting into an existing process, which can be great because, you know, you, you're already working in a ordered, structured manner. But at times as well, it can be quite tricky because the way in which you have to implement something um, might differ to the speed that a company is comfortable with you doing um, and you know then you have the release cycles between the different sandboxes that a company might have I mean I've seen some organizations that have had dozens 
dozens of sandboxes and you know there, there could be at least five or six paths that you need to promote your changes to uh, before it can actually go into production so it, it, and then of course as i mentioned the you know the technical debt as soon as you install a package you might cause a trigger to fail that's causing an update on the a case to just completely be blocked and it's there can be a lot of troubleshooting in that sense whereas with greenfield i mean the, the world's your oyster yeah it's just you basically yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just you there no no one is bothering you um the other thing I was going to kind of switch from from the more kind of implementation side over to kind of a more, let's just say, kind of human level and, and personal level, I was going to say, because I've, through my experience, like I said, I've, I've worked and implemented ICE, um, the same ISV package for about five years previously. Um, and I will say a level of... Um, um, not really boredom, but um, uh, the fact that you're kind of installing the same thing over and over again, um, and each one, you know, tomato, tomato, that type of thing is like you're kind of doing the same thing in a way. Um, and th the way I've kind of tried to kind of motivate myself and, you know, all of that, um, I've kind of tried to, you know, kind of, so I slowly, slowly moved from, from consultancy towards product. So I kind of... Uh, switched in the way gears and you know kind of gearing towards okay well what else we can add to our offering what else we can add to our package providing support to to um uh, pre-sales so i've kind of broadened my my area of responsibility with the purpose of learning a bit more but secondly to add a bit more spice to to the day-to-day -day, basically um i was going to say how how do you kind of you know because i guess there, there are people and there are people um, um, and you know something may may not seem challenging or exciting to someone, but it, it may may to someone else. So I was going to say, um, do you have that 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 feeling, um, or or how do you you know keep up uh, keep up you know the you know the excitement I guess uh, within that the motivation of it? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I might be an anomaly, but I've never experienced the feeling of I'm in a conveyor belt delivering the same solution. Every single client I've worked with has been different. There may be similarities and commonalities between them, but every project is different. And this is talking from when it's a small single package that you're setting up and it's fairly easy to configure. Um, there's always been things outside of that that have other challenges around it. So with Natabox, it could have been actually setting up desk phones you know, phones on the desk for them to, to use. So there's there's other parts to it. Um, so I'm not sure I can really answer that because I haven't, I personally haven't found that it, it's mm. ever been a one size fits all uh, in delivery. That is the, 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 the golden egg, you know, that that is where a product company wants to be. You know, you want easy, scalable solutions that you can implement. Um, but then there are some products which invariably are, there's always going to be a consulting overhead to get them set up, especially, you know, larger packages there are. And I, I think they're, especially with how we're delivering it from Tiva, that there isn't too much of a, uh, a difference between how 
we go about a project to how uh, an SI would. The, the only difference is we're working within the realms of a product. There's still core Salesforce to set up. We still have a contact. We still have an account. You know, there's still custom fields to be made. Uh, there's just a product that enriches that and uh, just takes it to that sort of next step specific for the industry. Correct, correct. So you, you're basically just enhancing, uh, enhancing that with, with, with your own package and, and adding a, a new experience or adding, adding new functionality. Um, following following the, kind of my, my, my previous question there, um, you know, we talked about potentially value of, of industry knowledge versus, um, versus Salesforce knowledge. Um, I would want to follow up on that and, and you know, just query something around, around learning and, and, and personal development. Um, and I've had, I've had a query a, a few days ago. Um, someone actually commented this at, at one of, uh, one of the, the podcasts that I, um, that, that we recorded a few, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and, and basically that person said, um, what can a experienced Salesforce admin do, which, you know, I think the person had already about eight years worth of experience, um, I think the the feeling that I got, I think they were basically stuck in the same in the same job. I'm not exactly sure if you know for the whole eight years, but for a period, um, and, and basically they were thinking like, okay, what's the next level for me? Presumably, the, the simple answer for that would be, well, it kind of depends on where you want to go. Do you want to go towards consulting? Do you want to go towards architecture? Do you want to go towards development? You have you know all these these broad or or uh, niche specific career uh, options, but the question for you would be, how how do you deal with that? Because, like I said, when it comes to Salesforce, if you are to prioritize Salesforce because you're part of a consultancy, you probably have more material and more things to learn than you have time mm-hmm. uh, to to do that. But when it comes to an ISV, um, I guess presumably you kind of need to like we talked about you know probably it edges towards uh towards the industry knowledge or or other other subjects so i mean there's still the products of the isv um i i think the the question is probably around what's more important the knowledge of the products or the knowledge of core salesforce um of which it's Again, I'd have to give a shrug to that one because they're both they're both so important um, for various different yeah. reasons. Um, so the, the the question that that person originally asked you said was, "What takes them to the next step?" Was that the? Yeah, so I think I think they were they were try, trying to kind of realize, you know, where what should they do next, and it's like what's the next what's the next step for them? I guess in in a in a career path. Uh, but what I was trying to, to kind of understand from you is what is your kind of uh, personal development kind of routine in terms of kind of gaining new knowledge uh, around okay. that? Mm. I learn most from others. I, I find when I, when I speak to someone who has you know, greater knowledge than I in a certain area and I have a discussion with them, sit down, they show me something, that's that's worth its weight in gold for me. And I'm very fortunate that, you know, Fontiba, we have a fantastic group of consultants over here in EMEA and, and the US as well, but obviously I engage with the EMEA 
people more frequently and it's collaborating with individuals. I think someone who isn't within that space already, you know, I'm in the luxuries where I can learn from others quite a lot. Networking, get out there, user groups, engage with people, find an area in Salesforce that you want to focus on, learn from other people. That, that's been my favoured approach of learning, um, which then is supplemented by traditional methods, trailhead, reading, Googling, um, you know, all those standard methods that we do. But it's the, the value of speaking to others is definitely, definitely a great approach that has worked well yeah. for me. I was I was going to say because one of one of the things which I personally haven't directly experienced um, is the whole idea of of mentors, um, and and I've had I've had this point kind of raised a few times, and and I know of uh, I know of companies where they have that type of structure built within the within the I guess the teams. And there's there's the whole bouncing off um, each other type type um, relationship where they have internal mentors, and a lot of uh, a lot of the people that I spoke with, you know, that's the first thing that they point to because if you have a question and you put that question in into Google and you just get an answer specifically to that question, you you basically learn the answer to that question, I guess. But if you if you ask that question to someone, they'll probably give you a bit of context around it. They'll probably give you a few scenarios. Um, they'll probably even ask you why you're asking this question um, and try to get to the root of, of what, you know, the, the actual query is. Um, so like I said, I haven't, I, I haven't actually worked within, within a, a company where we had this, this type of like quote unquote kind of mentor type relationship. But I was going to, I was going to, you know, throw that towards you there, and and, you know, what is your view on that? Um, and in case that does not exist within within a, a structured way, let's just say within a company, how would you come about, or how would you go around um, and and try to, quote unquote, kind of squeeze that information out of your colleagues? Because basically, you that's who you have as 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 a as a support network internally. So I mean, if if there isn't a you know a, a even like an off the records process around mentorship and people guiding each other, I think a lot of organisations are actually starting to implement you know like kind of like a buddy system where you know when you're first um, joining a new company, you'll be paired up with someone more senior to look after you, show you the ropes and. Uh, for me, if if there isn't that sort of structure built into a company, it's I think to be mentored and to mentor someone, there needs to be a, a solid relationship there. Um, it, it's got to be quite organic. It's quite hard to force this. It's both parties need to be in the right, just have that sort of right spark with each other. Um, for for it to really be beneficial to both parties because i think not just the person being mentored but the person mentoring they do get a lot out of it as well and you know sometimes they especially if if someone's very challenging you know if if you offer an answer to someone and they rightfully ask well why why is that 
it makes you think yourself, well, yeah, why is that the case? And it, it just helps helps keep you humble. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it, it does does make total sense uh, in, in terms of that. And you know, there is growth on both sides, basically. The, the whole thing about uh, I think there was um, someone mentioned this this type of story, but the, uh, I think they were talking about happiness, and um, someone said. The, the the thing that kind of makes me happy is to make other people happy. When I make other people happy, I just feel happy. Um, so I think it's probably kind of the same thing. It's like that human uh, human nature to to you know provide provide value and, and then you feel good as well. Um, kind of last point that I wanted to kind of slightly um, go into. And that's that's the industry I would want to kind of touch upon, and and I, I say industry as as Salesforce industry, um, and not really specifically to people uh, people jumping in, um, such as you know graduates or or you know people that switch careers, uh, but how you see it from um, from a person that has already been a number of years uh, number of years in Salesforce. I'm not exactly sure if if this is if anyone has the answer to what I'm gonna, what I'm about to ask, but it's like how safe do you see this this industry um, in terms of uh, job security, um, uh, market options in terms of you know switching jobs, um, requirements or or need for consultants, need for for Salesforce experts, because I the reason I'm asking that is. I have heard and I have seen a lot of people that are going are are seeing this as say as the career, if it makes sense. And to be honest, I'm I'm one of those people. Um, you know, even though I try to kind of expand my knowledge into other technologies and other areas, because you will kind of bump into them anyway. You know, um, you need to know a bit of uh, Amazon because if you do service cloud, you'll probably need to integrate with uh, you know their their you know call center. Uh, technology or, or anything like that you, you'll probably engage with but I was going to say from your point of view how do you see this how, how safe do you see this industry for um, for either newcomers or experienced um, people ultimately every company that sells something to someone wants to keep a record of that individual somewhere and as we've transitioned into cloud technologies being the norm, uh, I feel personally, I feel fairly safe touching wood that this industry is definitely asserted itself as something that's going to be around for the foreseeable. Um, you know, there, there is the, the possibilities that things will change not necessarily in a negative sense, but you know, the technology changes at a rate that we, we can't even really comprehend at the, the speed in which, you know, as we're jumping into the fourth industrial revolution, as people like to say, I feel that within this industry, we are at the core of that growth and it may change its look and feel, it may change its shape, it may change where it sits on the data center, but I, I do think ultimately someone's always going to want to keep track of some form of data in the database. 
and systems like Salesforce are just a fantastic way of being able to visualize that uh, among, you know, this is without even jumping into the realms of all of the other clouds and you know, products that ISVs put into there, all of the integrations that these have. It's just, you know, you're seeing such a benefit to these customers that, I mean, I certainly hope it's here to stay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Louis was going to say, again, thank you for your time. If there's anything else they want to mention, are you a user of Twitter, LinkedIn? Do you keep active on those platforms? I, I, I must confess, I'm not an active individual on social media. I have a LinkedIn, but I, I very rarely post anything. hope everyone is safe and well and staying indoors. Thank you for listening to the SFDC Consultant Podcast. Be sure to visit sfdcconsultant.com to access the show notes and discover additional content. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would be amazing if you could subscribe, give us a review and share it with your peers. Until next time, take care.